Through it all, my eyes are on you. And this morning as we celebrate and as we travel through the season of Advent, that's really what it's all about, is focusing in on that birth, that birth that means so much. And so this morning we're going to continue on our path as we prepare our hearts to truly celebrate the birth of our King, uh, the birth of our Savior. And we started, if you remember, with the Advent wreath, the wreath part of the, uh, the Advent, that it represented victory. And this morning as we gather and, and we're here to worship God, where do you find victory in life? Is he your true victory? And last week we looked at hope. What do you build hope in? Where is your hope in life? Is your hope uh, built on this child that was born 2,000 years ago um, that changed the world as we know it? And so today, we're going to look at peace. We're going to look at peace. Now, a couple weeks back, I was uh, with a, a woman's Bible study, and they wanted me to talk about the Advent wreath. And so I was talking about the different aspects of why we do this, where historically it comes from. And one of the, I always get a question I don't know the answer to, and you're supposed to know all the answers, right? That's how it works. Um, so they asked me, what is the pink candle? Why is it pink? And I said, I don't know why it's pink. Why is it pink? And uh, so I've been doing this for a few years, and I looked it up, and one, there's a lot of different reasons. Believe me, when you get to the Advent wreath, there's about 100 different views on how to do this. So if, you, if you're saying, this isn't what I remember, it's because there's a lot of different ways to do the Advent wreath and the candles. But the pink actually um, is representative of a rose. And uh, the idea is is that a rose loses its petals and that we are soon, we're one week away from really celebrating the, the, the birth of Christ. And so uh, we are at the, the last week of Advent as we prepare our hearts. And so there's a lot of things that we do. And, and as I was thinking, there's a lot of things I do that I don't know why. So I'm gonna, I have some questions for you this morning and I want you to think through. Um, why did you buy a tree and put it in your house? Some of you cut down trees. Why did you cut pay to cut down a tree and put it in your house? And then why did you put, and maybe you didn't. Maybe you don't have a tree. I'm assuming a lot here. Um, maybe you bought an artificial tree. Why did you put lights on that tree? Why did you put tinsel on that tree? Why did you put an angel or a star or a Pokemon on the top of your tree? Why did you hide an elf? <laughs> why did you put decorations on that tree? Right? Uh, why did you put up, why do we put up stockings? Why do you put up stockings and put gifts in the stockings? Why do you put wreaths on your door? Why do you spend all your money on Christmas presents that you can't afford? Right? Why do we do these things? Now, I want to know, how many of you know the answers to those questions, why you do that, where that started? Okay, we have a couple. I, I, of course, like all of us, we Google it, and maybe you're going to Google it later. I don't know. Um, a lot of it comes from Germany and German traditions where they brought the tree in, and it represented. There was some, it's a little bit of combination of some pagan views, but there was this idea that the everlasting life was represented in the tree. Uh, my point this morning is not to have you question all of your traditions, because here's what I believe would happen. Uh, what if you decided this year not to have a tree? How much peace would there be in your house? Uh, what if you decided we're not going to do all those traditions? We're not going to give presents, kids. 
Uh, how much peace would you have in your house if you made those decisions? I know if I started to mess with those very sacred traditions, uh, there wouldn't be a lot of peace in my house. And so this morning, I want to talk about that idea of peace and really look to scripture and say, okay, is peace found in gifts and trees or is there something more to peace? Is peace uh, something we need to think a little bit deeper about and, and how does Christ and his birth um, impact the peace in our lives? And so that's the goal. That's where I'm, I'm trying to go this morning. And so I want to ask um, the Lord to speak to us, that his words would reveal truth to us, that we can grow and mature um, in our faith. So let's pray and proceed the time with prayer. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for um, victory. We thank you for hope and we thank you for peace. And Lord, even though sometimes uh, we kind of just do what everyone else is doing or what we've always done um, and don't really think through why, of a lot of things. Lord, we ask that you would help us. We know that you've given us these bodies with brains and you've given us souls and you've given us yearnings to know you and and, and to live for you. And I pray, Lord, that in these moments as we look at your words, that they would reveal truth to us and that, Lord, we would be able to take one more step today in, in your direction. And Lord, I pray that we, through this season of Advent, that we would truly see how amazing you are and how, um, how blessed we are to worship you and to celebrate you and even a culture that may not even know what's going on within uh, the celebration, that, that we would be able to, to celebrate your name in, in just a fresh way this season. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Speak to us now, all of us in this room. Lord, we, we know your words do not return void, so we ask that these words would impact us right now, and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be looking at John chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to John. If you don't, they'll be on the screen. Uh, Just quickly, a a kind of backstory. Uh, This is part of the Gospels. If you go to the Bible, um, this is John. We're told John is the disciple that Jesus loved. And so John is recording for us the teachings of Christ, the teachings of Jesus. And I just want to remind you, this is the time where they did not have running water. They did not have um, all the wonderful things we have, air conditioning, microwaves, televisions, all the technologies that we have that make our lives simpler. And um, so now you can get headphones. If you don't want to hear any noise, you can get sound reducing headphones that you can have peace, right? Because we're talking about peace. They didn't have that back then. Um, And so I just want to remind you that as as we look at what John is going to tell us, that they're living in a time where the Roman Empire is is really just dictating their lives to them. And it's a very tense time in history. Um, There is slavery rampant. There is um, um, just abuse of power rampant. There's so much in the culture to take peace away. There's so many things that steal peace within the world they live in. And so for John to even be um, revealing to us these words from Christ, it's an amazing thing because they're living in a time where it was very challenging and very difficult and there was lots of obstacles and lots of hurdles within life. And so with that as the backdrop, let us look at what Jesus says here in John. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And so reading that, you might say, okay, peace is the absence of war. 
Um, what is the peace he's speaking about here? Is he talking about internal peace? Um, what is God or Jesus referring to when he says, peace I leave with you, peace I give to you? And so it's important as we think through this right now for all of us to consider, um, do I feel peace with God at this moment? And do I feel peace with the people around me? Do I feel peace with those people that are in my life, the people that I interact with on a day-to-day basis? And in the Bible, and if you go uh, to Israel today, um, and in, in, in Hebrew culture, uh, when you greet someone, you say shalom, and when you leave, you say shalom. There's shalom, the word actually means peace be with you, or peace. It's a powerful word. Uh, we, in our culture, we say what? Good morning, and we say Goodbye. Um, if, if you study why we say that, that actually uh, derives from an ancient English term was God be with you this morning. God be with you as you go. Because we believe that God would bring peace into your life. When you say that, when you say good morning or do you say goodbye, do you truly mean God be with you? Or is it just a social norm that we use, right? It's something we say. It's something we've got accustomed to saying. And so here, what I think Jesus is trying to let us know that it's not just this casual peace I give you, peace I leave with you. There's a bigger picture here. And when we look at that word of shalom, it's a powerful word. So shalom doesn't just mean peace. It means that all of the complexity is brought to completion, Uh, In Isaiah, it talks about that one day there will be a shaloming of the universe, that all things will be brought back to where they're supposed to be. And there's this idea that that sin has distorted, sin has, has kind of separated, it's messied up the world, and God is shaloming it. He's bringing peace and order back into the world. And so when we look at this idea that peace I give you, it is God bringing our lives back into order through salvation. Now, I don't know if you can relate to me on this, but this time of year, it can be very easy to feel like your life is disjointed, that your life is separated, that your life is not peaceful or not in order or not uh, the way it should be. And so Christ is offering something to us. He is saying, shalom, peace be with you, peace I give to you. I'm offering you a peace. Now, as I was thinking about this, one of the things I like to do for Christmas is get with my family and build a puzzle. How many of you like puzzles? All right, so I have a strategy when I make a puzzle. I, do the, the, I get all the flat pieces first and I put them on the outside and then I look, get the pieces that look like little people and I put them in a pile and then I get the pieces that have two kind of heads on it and I put them in a pile and then I get the weird shaped pieces and I put them in a pile and then I just look to see where they fit, right? That's my strategy when it comes to a puzzle. But in life, guess what we don't have? We don't have a picture. Don't we use the picture? We don't have a picture and we don't have flat edges. I don't get to determine tomorrow what's gonna happen. I don't get to determine how things are gonna work out. I don't get to pick the pieces and where they're gonna go and how they're gonna go. Even though maybe you relate to me, you wanna do that. I want everything to fit together perfectly. Uh, Christmas, I want it to go just the way it should go. My life, I want it to go just the way I want it to go. I want the pieces to fit exactly right. And so... I need peace with the pieces that are coming into my life. But you know what I find, and maybe you found this, that the harder you try to fit the pieces in, 
the more frustrating it gets. And what I've learned is that through life, the harder I try to make peace of my own life, the more disjointed it becomes. And so here it is. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I am the one who sees the whole picture of your life. I'm the one who sees the whole picture of your life. I know every piece of your life. But not only do I know all the pieces of your life, I know all the pieces of a universe that I'm bringing into shalom, that I'm bringing into peace. You know, you watch the news and you listen to what people are saying. And it's fearful. But there's peace. There's this shalom peace that Christ offers us, that he has established on the cross. He says, not as the world gives do I give to you. The peace the world gives to me is temporary, it is artificial, it is all of the things, the fluff, but none of the the meat or reality in life. And this morning, when you think about how peaceful is your life, how peaceful is home, how peaceful is work, how peaceful is my heart, how peaceful is my rest, how peaceful is my relationship when I think about God. Sometimes I want to, I just want to say, God, why, why is it the way it is? And he says, because he's making this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful picture that I can't see right now. And he's shaloming the universe. He's shaloming my life. When he was born, that was the initiation of this shalom that he was gonna name, he'd make his name great, that through this, that there would be peace throughout the whole world. And as I live in the moment that I live in and I look at my life and it's disjointed and there's things that I don't understand and there's pieces I don't see how they fit and there's so much going on in life that I can't understand how it's gonna work in the long run. He's saying, you need to trust me in the shalom. Trust me that I am bringing peace. Trust me that in the biggest picture that there is, I am working every detail together for your sake and for my name to be glorified and lifted up. Now you have a choice. You can live into that peace or you can live into the temporary peace, the peace that the world tries to offer us, the peace that that doesn't last, the peace that is artificial, the peace that's me trying to make it work. And so he says, do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. We will be tempted to live in fear. We will be tempted to live focused on the troubles of our lives. This morning, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what the story of your life is but I do know the story of Christ. And his story is one of shalom, peace. We're told through scripture that he is the prince of peace, that he offers us peace that passes all of my understanding. And so as we live into our lives, as I don't know what will happen to you tomorrow, I don't know what will happen to you the rest of this week, 
But I do know the temptation for me is to think that peace means that Jesus eliminates all of the, cr- the crisis. He eliminates all of the challenge. And so I can live in peace. But that's not the reality. That's not what Jesus is teaching us. He's saying there will be moments where, where there, your heart will, will seem to have trouble and there will be fear that comes. But it's what you do in those moments that truly matters. It's what you do in those moments. Do you turn to yourself? Do you turn to the world? Or do you turn to this Christ who has died and brought hope and peace to the world? Peace is not the absence of crisis, but is the presence of Christ. Peace is not the absence of crisis. It's better than that. It's knowing that a loving God has an eternal picture where he is, he is using your life for his story. And so whenever that thing happens in your life, whatever that challenge happens in your life, you have at that moment, whether it's a job, it's a relationship, it's financial, and you're trying to find peace in it, the solution at that moment The solution at that moment is either look at the Prince of Peace who has a grander picture, who has a puzzle that's more beautiful than you can imagine and you can't see all the pieces and you don't know how it's all gonna play out. You don't know what tomorrow will bring, but he knows what tomorrow will bring and he has a wonderful plan. He has a wonderful, uh, beautiful future for all of those who live within his peace and he's saying you can choose, you can desire, you can live into this peace today. But it's a choice. It's a choice this morning. It's a choice tomorrow morning when I wake up and I say, there are obstacles in my way. There's so many things that I don't understand how they're gonna fit. There's so many weird shaped pieces in my life. And then I remember that he's shalom for me. He is bringing all the disorder into order so his name can be lifted up. I don't know what that means to you this morning, but that is so helpful to me. That I don't have to fix all the problems in my life. That I don't have to fix all the problems of this world. That I don't have to get it worked out. That Christ offers me shalom. He offers me peace. That he offers everyone peace. And that peace was established when he left heaven and he came to earth and he lived this perfect life and he died to set me free from the consequences of sin, the death that sin brings so that my life could fit into his plan of of shalom. I think the real challenge I have for myself, and maybe you have this challenge, is it's one thing to say it. It's one thing for me to be saying this to you right now. It's a completely different thing to live it. It's a completely different thing to live it. In those moments that you know that come, that challenge your soul, they challenge everything about who you are, and you ask, where is the peace in this crisis? Where is the peace in this crisis? And he says, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here.
That's why it's worth celebrating his birth. You know, we do all these strange things. We light candles, we put up trees, we, we give gifts. We do all these strange things, these unique things. People that don't even believe any of this do these unique things. Maybe you question if this is real and you still do these unique things because something extremely unique happened 2,000 years ago. Something that has never happened since. Something that has radically shaped not just the times but the eternities of people. Peace entered the world. And I can't truly understand that peace because I still live where I wish the crisis was gone and I wish I could control and I wish I knew all the puzzle pieces of my life. I wish I knew what every day was gonna be for the rest of my life. But he says, peace I give to you. Peace I give to you, not peace like the world gives. So don't be afraid. Don't live in fear. Whatever you're going through, don't let the crisis determine your, your peace. Turn your eyes to me because I am the Prince of Peace. Do you know what he said to his people while he was teaching? He said, blessed are the peacemakers Blessed are the peacemakers. This morning, when it comes to this idea of peace, is it just another candle that we light for Advent? Is it just another word we use that doesn't have any true meaning in our souls? Or can we take a moment and reflect deeply into this idea that something that I cannot understand, this idea of peace, peace with God, peace with others, peace with the future, the eternal future. I have peace and you can have peace with the eternal future, with the eternal God. You can live in that shalom today because it's not the crisis that we're to focus in, it's him. This morning, do you need peace today? Did you come here and in your heart right now, you're screaming out, I need peace. I need peace. I need, he's offering it and I want it. Do you know the beauty of this is that every moment you can receive that peace because he is with us at all times. In all moments, he doesn't leave us or forsake us. Maybe this morning you didn't come. Maybe things are really good right now and that's, I am so happy for you. What a blessing. But do you need to be a peacemaker do you need to share this peace with others? I truly feel that we live in such a unique time in a unique place where people don't know how loved they are by their creator. They don't know that peace is even an, an option. And I feel such a burden, such a burden for all of us. Maybe even here this morning and, and you don't know where you are spiritually. Let's share peace. Let's reveal that there's a loving God who has established peace 
in our hearts and in our lives. What is your next step? When I was 16 years old, I made peace with God. I said, I, I understand, I don't get this puzzle. <laughs> I can't fix this puzzle and I can't, I, I am at a loss. I've tried and I've failed. So I'm gonna trust you. Maybe you need to do that today. Or maybe, there, maybe there's someone and it's Christmas and you haven't talked to them and you haven't gone near them and, and there's no peace in that relationship. And maybe God's saying to you right now, you need to make peace there. Celebrating my peace, the greatest gift you can give is to show that peace and forgiveness. Let's not miss this opportunity. As we close, I just, I feel that if God is speaking to you, don't, don't miss that. So as I pray, whatever he's telling you, I don't know what he's telling you. I know he speaks clearly to me in my heart. And I know that sometimes I run away from that because I know it's hard but let's be an encouragement to each other. Let's be an encouragement to each other this morning that we won't let, let each other run away from what we know is best, that peace that we celebrate at the birth of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for life. We thank you for hope. Um, we thank you that you don't show us all of our lives and you don't fill in all the blanks and you do let us go through crisis. You do let us go through challenges because you have this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful future that we can't comprehend. Lord, a peace with you, a peace eternal, a hope, a victory. Lord, as we celebrate Christmas and we spend time with the people we care about and we live our lives, help us not to be distracted. That something big happened. That's why we're celebrating. That's why we're doing what we're doing because you changed so much about life and you offer us peace. Lord, help us to not run from that peace. Help us to embrace that peace. Help us to share that peace with others. Lord, I just ask that you would speak so clearly to us that, Lord, we would only be able to hear your voice. Lord, help us to, to not just hear it, but to also be guided by it. Your words and our family here. Lord, we thank you and we love you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.